A lot of you are familiar with the DNA Project and have been rocking with us for a while, but some of you aren't. A lot of you are faithful listeners of the podcast, but aren't familiar with some of the other work that we do. So I just want to take a quick moment to explain to you a little bit more of what we do. So you're getting married, or you have a friend, a cousin, a sister, somebody you know is getting married. Okay. You've booked your venue, caterers, photographer, all that good stuff. When it comes to live music, most people have no idea where to look. We have you covered. Picture this. During the ceremony, while guests are being seated, or while the bride's walking down the aisle. During the cocktail hour, while guests are just mingling and having a good time. Don't forget about dinner music. That's very important to set the mood while guests eat. And we definitely can't forget the party. Let's get the party started right now with The DNA Project. www.thednaproject.ca for more information. All right, well, let's do it. New setup, same guys. What's going on? <laughs> new name, same old product. Don't you love when they do that? They're just like, new package. Why do I care oh, about the new, new package? And they announce that it's a new package. <laughs> yes. mm, same yeah, content. Yeah, yeah. Why that's do awesome. I care? Why well, do awesome. I care? Well. Uh, welcome to the DNA Airwaves, <laughs> Thank you, good everybody. Uh, I am Matt Kesselman. We have Dariki Palmer. Hello. We have Anthony Lewis here. Bonjour. These are our voices. And we also have <laughs> Rob Nash here. Ooh. Welcome, Rob. Yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exciting. You can't Thank you so much for yeah. giving us the Definitely the rock a rock star figures. move right there. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, man. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, it's good to be here. Good to be alive. That is, that's a fact. Right that's on. a fact. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're in Canada, but you're in a different part of Canada. Uh, Winterpeg? Yeah. Is that what they call Winterpeg. it over there? <laughs> Is that a nickname? Uh-huh. 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 You've heard it. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. There is a reason that Winnipeg has so many musicians. We like to escape and tour during the winter. I'm not going to oh, lie. Okay, mm. okay. During the winter, you do the touring? Get away from yeah, the get away winter. From oh, I see. Yeah. You get away from the cold. Yeah. Oh, that, that, okay. That took him a minute, but you got there. <laughs> Thank you. I try. Because, yeah, here, here we do the opposite. Everybody just goes indoors and makes albums in the winter. Yeah. And, yeah. and tours True. in the summer. I guess Dariki's yeah. up next. Rob, you've got me, you got Matt, so we're waiting for Dariki's quick shot. Can't catch me. Say something stupid, Dariki. Dari. Jeez. That's so I have feelings. That's awesome. <laughs> feelings. Yeah, right? All right, so winter peg aside, I know things are beautiful over there. I actually, my parents were living there for a while too, so I've, I've visited. I actually, I love yeah. the area. It's a nice 24-hour drive from where we're at in Toronto. <laughs> well worth it yeah. though. Um, yeah. Yeah, people always know it's the coldest city in winter, but people don't know it's the hottest city in Canada in summer. And really? Yes. Yeah. So there's a lot of people that go south for the hot, winter. Yeah. But a lot of like hockey players, basketball players, and stuff like that, they have lakes up in Can- in the Manitoba mm. area here, right? The Manitoba Ontario border. It gets nice. it's thirty plus for a few months. Huh? Yeah, yeah. It's go. pretty wild to think uh, coming from the me- Middle East myself. Most people don't grow up in a place that has cold winters and hot summers. Right. Mm-hmm. Like right. Th- we we only saw this in the books, like in in kids' books and in movies and stuff. So wow. it's. Really cool to actually live in a place where in the winter you long for summer and in right, the summer you right. long for winter because humans are like that. We need to not always have what we want to be happy. Yeah. Huh. yeah. My mom actually was born and raised in Mexico. My dad, he's from Belize, which is south of Mexico, but they wanted us to learn English. So we went from the tropics of Belize to wow. the tropics of Manitoba. <laughs> the tropics of Manitoba. Well, why did they I choose? We could have learned English somewhere Manitoba. between those two. You know? Yeah, really. <laughs> why did they choose Manitoba? Uh, farmland, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I always think that you imagine those first people that like, hey, we'll set up farm here. 
they set up what say a June, July. This seems like a nice yeah. warm area. <laughs> yeah. And then come November, like, what the hell did we just do? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, here. That's 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 Canada. I mean, all of our parents came from somewhere to get to this beautiful cold land. So yeah. yeah. Well, Thanks. speaking of what so. the hell did we just do, uh, Rob, you have a story that we would like everybody to hear. Could you please tell us about uh, your musical path and who you are in general? Yeah, so music never was going to be my path. Music was actually my worst mark in high school, and I auditioned <laughs> for the choir but didn't make it because my voice wasn't good enough. But uh, when I was 17, I was actually in a car accident uh, driving these lovely Manitoba icy roads. Right. Uh, my friend just got his license, and we were uh, whipping down the highway just being indestructible teenagers, and we yes, pulled up yeah. to pass one last car, and uh, yeah. we got hit by a semi-truck. Oh. And my friends were all fine, and uh, but I was found uh, with no pulse, not breathing. Wow. I met the first responder that came up on the scene, and he resuscitated me. And then he knew my heart started beating again when blood started gushing out of my head. Oh, wow. And wow. so, you know, he was trying to hold the skull together so I wouldn't bleed out until the ambulance got there. They, they got me to the closest hospital, and they rushed me off to Winnipeg. And, nice, uh, yeah. Nice. Um, family wasn't uh, wasn't looking good, and then obviously mm. I came back to life, as yeah. you can tell. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, they've uh, rebuilt my skull a few times with titanium. This side is all titanium, and my chest here it's like uh, stainless steel. And wow! And you know, people are often like, you know, how's you know how's the skull pain? How's your shoulder pain? Your back? Like all that stuff. But what an event like that does to you more emotionally and mentally and spiritually. That was the bigger. Um, yeah dilemma for me you know I, i'm six foot five i played Whoa. every sport you know and then here i am i wake up from a coma at first i didn't know who i was didn't know wow. who my parents were and yeah. that started coming back but now you know i go from an athlete to a guy getting bathed by his mom right yeah. so some really dark stuff started thoughts started setting in and with all the issues i was having with pain they're just giving you you know all kinds of painkillers all kinds of medication for nerve damage and to yeah. fall asleep and uh you start struggling with all this stuff and everybody threw all those beautiful cliches at me. Like, you know, yeah, people would say that it was fate. You know, my family, some of them told me that, you know, God was mad at me. So he spanked me with a semi truck, you know, wow. Bad Whoa, kid, wow. you know? Jesus, it's intense. Yeah. And, uh, but the most common thing people would say is they'd say, everything happens for a reason mm. and okay. that sounds good yeah and it works for a lot of people Pe people mean well when they say it i agree <laughs> right, right. Yep. but since my accident i've met with a lot of people in, in at funerals and hospitals and that go that tends to bring out a negative impact on people more than positive it did exactly. for me exactly now me saying, too. well why was i hit by a semi-truck now right. there's a big reason i gotta sit back and figure this out and it brought me to a really dark place. You Absolutely. Know? And so for two years, I was suicidal, didn't want to be alive. Uh, none of my friends knew, none of my family knew. And then one day somebody came out to me and he said, Rob, you're trying to figure out the reason you were hit by a semi-truck, aren't you? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I know what it is. I'm like, what is it? He goes, you were hit by a semi-truck because you were going too fast on an icy road. Oh, it's like, shit wow. happens. That's I'm a good like, friend, honestly. That's, that's wow. a really good friend. friend. Yeah, it really sounds good. simple, but that set me free. Ah. I was like, okay, I'm not a puppet. I get some say in where I'm going. You know, <laughs> yeah, I don't have yeah. to wait for lightning to strike me from heaven. You know. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I thought, okay, I got a second chance. I don't know why, but I better do something with it. And I'll never forget. I tell the story at every show, but I was like, okay, I got a second chance. 
what am I supposed to do with the second chance? And I remember I screamed at the sky and I was like, I want to do something that matters. Like, I yes. want to do something that I want my life to count, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah and I always yeah. tell this at shows that I legit, I thought I'd hear a voice inside of me telling me to move somewhere and build a well, you know, and I was, I was going to do whatever I heard in my heart. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And I didn't hear that. But guess what I heard? What? You know, there's a difference between the voices in your head and the voice in your heart. Sometimes mm-hmm. you get like a prompting. Absolutely. Right, right. Clear as day. Phone the semi-driver. They hit you and tell them you're alive. Wow. I was like, what? Wow. So it was hilarious. I phoned the Guess police. Guess like, what? Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> it's me. I was like, hey, police, uh, can I get the uh, number of the phone driver? The phone number of the uh, semi-driver that yeah. ran me over? And he's like, no. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I tried on the phone. This voice wouldn't be alone, so I kept trying. And finally, when cop gave me his number, and this big trucker from the States answers the phone, he's like, I'm like, hey, is this so-and-so? And he goes, yeah. I said, I just felt in my heart that I should call you, tell you, like, I'm alive, man. Like, I made it. And he starts crying. He says, I'm just wow. so sorry about your friend. And I was like, mm. what friend? He goes, the one that died and lost his skull. It was oh. you. No, man, that's what I'm calling. That's me. Oh. And, man, I can, I can feel that saying free. But the key part of that story isn't what happened to him. It's what happened to me. Mm. At that moment. Like, I had never done anything for anyone in my life except for me right. until that moment. Yeah. Like, mm. after my accident, I was terrified to fall asleep for two years because every night I had the same nightmare. And my nightmare was watching my own funeral and nobody showed up. Jesus. Nobody cared that I lived or that I died. Wow. Now I had done something for somebody else. I felt like I had value, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want some more of that. Right. You know? And I yeah, thought... Yeah. How many people are like me? They're having those dark thoughts. They think they have nothing to offer this world. Huh. And they're holding it inside. They're suicidal. I'm like, I got to tell my story. So I started a band. We did our first couple of albums. We were okay. You know, you get better at your craft, right? And yeah, finally on our fourth album, got a record deal. We had a few songs in the top 10. We're touring with our favorite bands, huge crowds. Yeah. And then we're getting ready to go do this elsewhere in America and overseas and stuff. And then I got this offer to... I'd take just my guitar and go through schools telling my story. Hmm. But it was a nine-month tour with no pay. Mm. Oh, wow. So I walked away from my record deal, and everyone thought I was crazy because you guys know the industry a bit. Like if you mm. yeah, you yeah, don't automatically sense. have a million dollars because yeah, you had yeah. a song on the radio, right? right so right. I owed a lot of money, mm. but I, I, like, I knew I had to do this. So I walked away from my record deal, refinanced my home. And after that nine months... I just kept getting calls from other communities saying, can you come here? Can you, we heard about you, you know? And then I started going to prisons and youth mm. detention centers and reserves up north. And I started writing songs together with the people that I was meeting. Right. And what huh. was supposed to be a nine-month tour turned into uh, 12 years. And it's wow. just been so <laughs> moving. Wow. But hold on a second. So you had this call, this opportunity that maybe at the time didn't probably didn't even sound like much of an opportunity. There's no pay. It's pulling you away from... The dream that you had been chasing up to that point what was the thought process like to decide that this is something that you're going to follow through and do and leave the rest of what you were kind of walking and working towards behind yeah well honestly it's like like i said i got that prompt in the phone the semi-driver once you start listening to that it's, yeah. it's very you're not going to get led down the wrong path you know and i just I, and I think until my accident, you know, I was really scared of taking risks. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's one thing about having died. You know, I'm not scared of risk anymore. So, yeah. I'm like, Damn. like, you guys know it takes a lot to make it in music. So, I'm Absolutely. like, yeah, I just, I, I'm not scared of risk anymore. So, I just felt like this was the right thing to do. Because, you know, we toured with some big bands and you meet them backstage. 
and you think they'll be so fulfilled because they're so successful. Yeah. But they're sometimes the emptiest people you'll ever meet. Agreed. Because wow. they got to success, but they never went on to significance. Right. And uh, fulfillment. And that's when your life yeah. starts to matter to the world around you, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I started that tour, and then uh, the demand got bigger, and I started putting a band back together. And then, um, you know, for the last four years before COVID, we were back setting up in massive theaters and, and even, you know, even some arenas. And wow. we would... We'd pay for the lights, the the arena. We pay for everything. We bus in the schools. We pay for the school buses. We'd fly wow. in kids from reserves. Amazing. And we put on these concerts. But a key moment too was, I was always scared to say from stage that I was suicidal mm. at one point because I thought, you know, what are the students going to think of me? What are the staff going to think of me? What would my team think of me? Right. But we called a call from a school in Ontario. They said, "Can you come right away? We had a tragedy." I'm like. Yeah, what happened? They said, well, we lost a girl to suicide. And on her suicide note, huh. it revealed that she had a pact with one of her friends. They had a deal. If you kill yourself, I'll kill myself. Oh, oh wow. Man. And the principal says, we don't know who it is. Can you come right away? Yikes. So we're like, yeah, we'll get there. And so we got there. And it was an eerie feeling. There's, let's say, a thousand people in front of me. And somebody sitting in the audience in front of me was about to take their life. Wow. I didn't know where they were sitting. Yeah. And I knew hmm. I was getting to this place in the show where I was like, I got to share that I was there once, you know, mm -hmm. and I was like, all I was shaking inside. And finally I'm like, I know somebody in this room is thinking about taking their life. Yeah. Wow. You're not alone. I was there once too. And I just felt like a thousand pounds off of me, you know? Wow. And then I'm interacting with people after the show and even my own team that didn't know they're giving me hugs and the students and the staff. And this girl walks up and she's like here. And she was holding out this old note. And I'm like, what's this? Wow. She goes, my suicide note. Wow. I was going to kill myself this weekend. She oh, goes, here. Man. I don't need this anymore. Jesus. And then she walked off with the school counselor to get help. And I'm like, what the hell just wow. happened? And I'm, yeah. I'm thinking. Yikes. Wow. And I talked with a cop that specializes in uh, youth suicide. Mm -hmm. And I said, why was her note on her? Like, that wasn't freshly written. And the cop says, wow. yeah, very rarely is the, is the suicide note freshly written. People wow. usually write it two or three months before they take their life and they carry it with them. Damn. Waiting for somebody wow. to push them over the edge or for somebody to reach out and say, you're not alone. And I was like, whoa. So then it's like the next concert. I'm yeah. thinking if the stats are true, right. in, There's in someone Canada, in one crowd. in five teenagers has seriously considered suicide in the last one in five? Months. That's pre-COVID. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that's intense. Wow. And so I'm thinking, Kate, another thousand kids in front of me. I said it again. I know somebody here is thinking about it. You're not alone. I was there once too. And this this guy comes up, give me his note. And I'm like, this is a thing. And now we've been handed 917 suicide notes after these shows. And wow. that doesn't all count all the ones on YouTube and Instagram that send us videos of ripping off their notes, wow. getting rid of their razor blades, you know. And I'm like, like now it felt not just successful but significant, significant. and that really yeah, keeps yeah. going you know yeah matt and i were actually just talking wow. about what purpose does to a human being and yeah. when you wake up every morning with meaning or purpose what it does to the body and the mind and the soul that's incredible another cool quote i heard once was every man lives two lives and their second one begins when they realize they only have one and right. i feel like in your situation, that's exactly similar to what happened to you is that, and I've definitely have other people around me and myself that have realized when life comes close to ending, how precious every single day is. Do you ever feel pressure um, 
with your purpose now? Like you have to keep this going at all costs because you feel the pressure that you might be letting somebody down or not helping enough people? Yeah, like, well, the thing is, you, yeah, we've collected 900 suicide notes, but when I land in the next city, there's another tragedy. And right. It's easy to focus yeah. on that stuff. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, but you focus on the little victories and, like, getting to sit down and talk with you guys right now. Like, my uh, thing that upsets me is when people talk about addiction, they only talk about the overdoses. Mm. When people talk oh. about mental health, they seem to only talk about the suicides. And, yes, right. we can learn from tragedy, but yep. we got to we got to balance with the stories of victory and triumph like True. in our shows Great guys point. and you'll come to one one day if we get allowed to tour again bring 100%. schools together or whatever Absolutely. but I'll, I'll tell a story about a kid that we met in prison and you know this girl had an eating disorder and i'll talk and then i'll be like do you want to meet them and the crowd's like and then they'll come out and perform with us right because oh, wow. for me it's like i'll tell you after talking with hundreds of thousands of young people right if somebody says like this just happened at the mall the other day. This girl's like, oh, Rob, you know, your music means so much to me. You know, I have depression, suicidal thoughts. And I was like, oh, so you're like me. And she's mm. like, what do you mean? I'm like, you hurt deeply, but you love deeply too, don't you? Mm. She's like, yeah. I was like, you hurt deeply, but you can see when others are hurting, can't you? Mm. She's like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, you can help a lot of people with that. Don't shut that off. Mm. Channel it. I'm like, do you like to sing, dance, paint? diary poetry like journal like how do you express yourself she goes i love to sing how do you know i think there's a connection between the arts and mental illness mm. like there's look at hollywood how many times is there an overdose how many times is there a suicide right yeah, yeah because point. You've, you've been given this extra emotion that you're meant to channel into a painting into a dance into a song right mm -hmm. but you keep it inside wow. it overwhelms you so for me yeah like is it draining it can be yeah but one thing I've realized now is when I'm talking with somebody, they're having, and you know, they're handing me a suicide note, and I see the tears in their eyes. Yep. I've realized now those are not the tears of somebody breaking down; those are tears of somebody breaking through. Mm, and if oh, I can yeah. sink my wow. teeth into that, that matters. That's but beautiful. our show—it's not just, uh, you know, it's talking about depression the whole time. Like, yeah, one in five teenagers has seriously considered suicide in the last twelve months. Yeah. But that means four to five are just at a concert one get entertained, right? Great point. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, play on, we play a show, yeah. we do what we do. And like, I start every show and I'm like, I'll be like, you guys know Family Guy at all? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. The show. Well, what's that? So I'll do all the Family Guy voices and they'll be like, no way. <laughs> That's amazing. You know? Can you give me a taste right now? <laughs> give me a taste. <laughs> What do you want? Yeah, Peter, life yeah. is good. Anyone, Peta, uh, Stewie, whoever you like, give me one. See what's going on there? Just playing the guitar, are we? Just playing the G chord, maybe a little bit E minor. Mm -hmm. and, and Peter, Peter kind of talks out the side of his mouth like this. Yeah. Hey, Lois. And then there's Joe. Joe, you have to have a low voice for that. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Right, it's good to be here. I like wow. how everyone's situated. You actually do really or should be good. <laughs> Well, so yeah, cool. our show it's it's good times, just like you guys. Yeah. You have fun on here, Absolutely. but you still want to talk about some stuff that matters, right? This is true. Point. Very, very true. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you? Uh, it it kind of makes me when you were saying uh, the whole uh, one in in five, uh, and if I'm remembering this correctly, um, one in six people 
Uh, at least that was a statistic that I, I, I'm sure it, it keeps changing as we get more information. One in six people questions their sexual orientation. So what you're saying is more people consider taking their lives than are questioning their sexual orientation. That's a huge number. That's crazy to think about. It really is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah kids it, helpful gave us that number just pre-COVID. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it, it kind of reminds me, not reminds me, but makes me think of the Hurt Locker where you're walking into a space and you have to defuse a bomb, the bomb being somebody taking their own life, mm. and you have to figure out who it is. Are yeah. you, is that part of what you do too when you're performing? Do you look around to see if you can catch someone in a different headspace? Has that ever happened? Or they usually approach you? Oh, no, it happens totally, but like, when we do our shows, I meet with all the school counselors and social workers beforehand. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, okay. look, watch for the kids that you think might be if impacted. And mm-hmm. after the show, you bring them backstage, we'll meet with them. But then I always say, but don't just, just watch for the ones you expect. Keep your eye on the other ones, you know, right. because our yeah. show is funny. And it's, but when we talk about some of the serious stuff, like keep an eye on those kids and I want to meet them afterwards, right? Wow. And, um, and it's funny, you're talking about like Hurt Locker and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Our new album that's uh, we just launching, it's called This Is War. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. wow. you know, I I was getting one award and uh, I felt weird backstage because the other three guys getting the award were all wearing like their army fatigues and were missing limbs. And I'm thinking, what, what wow. am I doing here? Oh, I just play smokes. music, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Then the per- person introduced me and they said, this next guy is fighting a different kind of a war, a war against a, an invisible enemy called mental illness. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I can sink my teeth into that. So, you know, this album talks about the fact in the lead single, This Is War, says, we think we've created paradise in the Western world, especially North America. Like, this is where everybody wants to be. But is this the promised land we think it is? This is where there's the most suicides, the most overdoses. Like, like, uh, man, talk with so many young people that are struggling, you know, like, clearly money isn't fixing the problem, you know, so that's what the new album talks about, the fact that we need to unite, because I think we're losing some of the most gifted people to addiction and suicide. For us, Mm -hmm. it's like, you got to channel that, like, don't shut that shit off, you know? So I guess I should have asked if I could swear during it. Oh, you can swear, all right. (laughs) Yeah, especially, it's... the thing about teen suicide is that we all make such stupid decisions when we're teenagers. <laughs> yeah. It's the wrong time to make a life-altering decision, which is weird sure, that that's, that's when we have to choose what we're going to do with the rest then, of our right? lives, too. Yeah. 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 Um, well, I'll tell you this. Yeah. When we started the tour, what the grade 12s are doing is what the, now the grade 8s are doing. What the mm. grade 8s are doing is what the grade 5s are doing. Right. Guys, yeah. I got called to one school where they lost an 8-year-old to suicide. No. What? Yeah. Wow. We were called to a Catholic school where an 11-year-old girl took her life. They showed me her picture, pigtails. And I'm God. thinking, how is that an option at 8? At yeah, yeah, really. That's, right? yeah, yeah. That wasn't wow. the case when we were in school. Different yeah. time. Wow. Wow. That's, that's a that's sobering thought. Where, yeah, you've silenced us, man. Eight years old. Just wow. to even try and wrap your head around that is crazy. Um, but wow. you know what? I'll tell you this, though. Um we're super pumped because, you know, when COVID hit, I looked at my team. I'm like, I think it's going to be a minute before we can bring 20, 30 schools together. I said, mm-hmm. we got to do find a new way to get our message out there. So um, we 
we reached out to about 10 of the students who gave us suicide notes to find out where they are now. Yeah. We got a film crew and we, and we followed up to get their stories. Nice. And we're working on a documentary that's called From Suicidal to Significant. And it's mm, almost beautiful. done. Like we just saw the post edit yesterday, in fact. Nice. And we also broke those stories up into episodes for classes to watch where they get to watch my story, hear a song I wrote about my story, and then mm. watch this other kid, their story, and then watch other people. Like, hey, what was what was that person's you know, struggle? What was their breakthrough? Yeah. How did they get help and how are they using their story to help other people now? So we're super pumped having the new album, this curriculum and the documentary coming out. We're going to have a lot of hope to share with people because again, you got to bounce the stories of, story of, vic of victory. Like one That's of the songs point, that we man. play guys at our show, it's called Thief of Colors. Nice. And uh, the entire time we're playing on the led walls behind us you just see all these kids on youtube ripping up their suicide notes and and a lot of kids started tagging me in pictures on on instagram for example of them tattooing the lyrics of our songs on their arms where they used to cut wow and i was like like you guys know it's like you're working on a song right and now somebody's tattooing that lyric on their arm mind-blowing i was like how do i show them that yeah they matter that much to me as well so right. i I took all the signatures and the names yeah, of all I saw the suicide that. notes. That's beautiful. Yeah, I tattooed them on That's my really arms. Beautiful. Wow. I did it because I want to show them you are valuable, but also not. to show other people like, hey, if you've had those thoughts, these are all signatures of people that had those thoughts too, and they're still here. For those who can't you know? see, uh, Rob's uh, forearms are covered in people's signatures. Yeah. C completely Actual covered. Signatures. Like a cast of a kid who has a lot of friends, you know? Yeah covered yeah and wow. that's that's an amazing statement right? really if, amazing. if there's ever a meaningful tattoo that's a meaningful that's, tattoo that's yeah right man there. that's absolutely. amazing absolutely yeah yeah you know i it, it definitely is a good conversation starter although I'll, I'll sometimes spook people a bit like when me and my team get on a plane you know we're all dressed like bikers and <laughs> yeah, six, yeah. Five. you yeah. can see people are like oh i hope he doesn't sit by me and then right right you sit down and there's been a couple times where like people working up the courage be like, can I ask about the names on your arm? And I'll just be like, I killed you don't want to know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll just let hang there for oh, a second. Yeah. Simmer. <laughs> I take a but name you know, for every mission accomplished. About, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but once you start talking about it, it almost never fails. Somebody goes, oh, wow, you know, my niece is going through that stuff or my dad went, you know, like, and all of a sudden you're having these meaningful conversations. And I think people are sometimes just scared to talk about it. Like, Absolutely. That's worse. why yeah. I love, I love being, you know, showing young people, like, you can be big, rugged and tough and edgy on the outside and still mm. be full of vulnerability and compassion absolutely and love huge. on the inside you know yeah, like it's huge. especially for guys it's like we're told to man up suck it up push it down and yeah. all that stuff yeah. and, and I, I know i tried to keep it in and that was not healthy wow i don't think it's healthy for it's anybody definitely never not. Healthy. Yeah, 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 <laughs> never healthy um can, let's just take a, a, a step back i want to ask you about something because your story reminds me of another person who we've interviewed uh from england david ditchfield who uh, right. was not even a musical or artistic person at all. Yeah, at all he, right. uh, I'm not. Sh I think he did die and then come back to life. Yeah, he had right? He died. Yeah. He was yep. hit by mm -hmm. a train. Um, and I'm just curious because uh, he had an experience while he was dead. I, I suppose would be technically That's correct. The, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, where he saw uh, something come over him and pull him out of it. And that might be God, that might be DMT, we don't know. But I'm just curious, as somebody who's had 
not even a near-death experience, a death experience. Yeah. Do you have any recollections? You know, at first, it was like, I felt like, oh, man, I, everybody's asking, like, hey, did you see a white light? Did your flat, light yeah, flash yeah. before your eyes? Mm. And I was like, I didn't see any of that. Yeah. But we were doing a show in the cusp British Columbia, uh, outdoor festival show, 12,000 people or something, and then... Uh, and it wasn't like our presentation where I tell my story in depth, but I'd say like, hey, this is what happened to me, so make every day count because, you know, you never know what what happens tomorrow, right? Right, yep. And we jumped off stage. We're running to this autograph table at the back, and I heard this old woman's voice. She's like, hello. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, she looked 193 years old, and I'm thinking, Whoa. what are you doing at a rock concert? And I was like, <laughs> wow. like can I help I you? Are you Jimi Hendrix? <laughs> <laughs> she goes, I love everything you said up there except for one thing. Uh, I'm like, what's, what's that? that? She yeah. goes, you said we should make every day count, right? I'm like, yeah. She goes, but you you talk about when you died, when you were in your coma. Like, there's two months you don't remember. She goes, if every day counts, then when you're ready, you'll see what you saw when you died. Ooh. And I was like... Wow, you Yikes. do a lot of drugs. <laughs> yeah. you know, but, yeah. Me and Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that night I got to my hotel and I was like, yeah. all right, is there something I'm supposed to be ready for? Like, cause I want to see it. And uh, I don't like to, Great. I'm not trying to sell anything to anybody, but you know how there's a difference between a dream and a, and a memory? Mm. You know, yeah, right. I had not done any drugs that night or anything like that. I was not hammered and I was not asleep and all of a sudden, poof. Oh, man, I don't share this a lot, guys, but maybe I'll write a book about it one day. But do it. Please all do. of a sudden, I'm looking down from way above, and I see this car, and I see a semi-truck. I'm like, oh, shit, that's my accident. Whoa. And beside me is God. Huh. And I can't see him or smell him or hear him. It's just a different sense altogether. Right? Yeah. Hmm. But the way he would have been taught to me in religion is he'd be going, huh. December 11th, Rob gets hit by a semi, like, blah, right? Like, he's yeah, planning yeah, yeah. everything out, right? Mm -hmm. But he's weeping. Wow. He's saying, slow down, my boy's going to get hurt. And I'm like, you're God, just stop it. Yeah. And it was like with a breath, he, like, undid 20 years of religion. You know, it was just like. Wow. Wow. I mean, I'd explain it. Like, it's like we all sing, oh, he's got the whole world. world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Like, it's like I don't. I give it to you guys. Choices. You screwed it up. There's enough food for everybody. There's enough water for everybody. I told you to take care of each other. He goes, I don't have to add car accidents. You're gonna huh. see enough crap in your life. You know, like it's it's like I'll I'll help you avoid some of the tough times. I'll walk with you in some of the tough times. But right. I don't need to cause more stuff. And again, I'm not trying to sell anything to anybody. But now this is what I believe. Mm -hmm. I don't think bad things happen for a reason. I think bad things happen with potential. Mm. Like my accident had the potential to leave me angry, bitter, suicidal the rest of my life. Yeah. Right. Or there's the potential you can take your your tragedy and you can try to turn around and help other people with it. But it's Absolutely. not automatic. Yeah. Like I did one radio interview in, in Vancouver and the guy's like, well, Rob, it's good that you were hit by that semi-truck, isn't it? I was wow. like... No, it's not good to get hit by this yeah. interview's over. Yeah. Yeah. Was it good to get hit by his like, fist? <laughs> he goes, well, look what you've done with it. Yeah. I was like, the semi didn't make me do this. He goes, but if you could go back in time, you'd do it all over again, wouldn't you? That voice. Like, yeah. no. No, no. He goes, Absolutely you're no. young. 
when you're older, you'll understand this had to happen to Who you. Who is this like, person? Yeah, he's yeah. awful. I said, <laughs> you got a name drop here. We're he he convinced me by the end of this interview that I had to get hit by a semi to think this way. Right. I said, I'll stop my tour. I'll sell all my guitars. I'll stop telling my story. I said, I'll get a semi-license and I'll start running people over. <laughs> oh, <Whoa. laughs> oh, my God. That is brilliant. Yeah, is this a video? Is there yeah, interview clips of this? I need this. <laughs> one now. It's like, don't do that. I'm like, well, you're telling me people have to go through what I did. Yeah. yeah, yeah you yeah, have to yeah, hit yeah. rock bottom. You don't. Mm, That's no. why we tell stories. Exactly. I don't want you to have to like die before you start to live. You know, Learn the lesson mm. from I, me. I, I'm not trying to sell anything to anybody. I'm not trying to change anyone's life. I'm mm. trying to make people okay with who they are. Right, if change right. is supposed to happen, change doesn't come from me. It, it doesn't within. come from a pulpit. It comes from within. Absolutely. I'm trying to keep people around long enough to listen to that voice. You know, mm. yeah, yeah, to yeah. see that you have value. That somebody out there needs your story one day. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, oh, damn. Wow, it's fun talking to you. I mean, it's yeah. a very sad topic, but uh, it's very enlightening. Yeah. yeah. Can, well, enlightening we, at least, right? Very enlightening. Very. Can we talk about the songwriting process? What kind of musician were you before all this? Were you a musician before mm, all this? When you're writing songs, are you picking chords that you think might be more inspiring? What's or is it or are the lyrics the driving force? How does it work for you? I don't, well, first of all, for music, Mike, I had five brothers and sisters that grew up, and they were all yeah, get married and having kids, and then I was born, so I was the only kid in kindergarten that was an uncle. <laughs> so they had like their family bands, you know, and then I was born. Oh. My dad wanted me to play guitar like my brother Dave, but I was a bit of a rebel, so I wanted to play drums. So mm, nice. I started off playing drums. Oh, and then the I started, instrument of rebels. Yeah, yeah. And I started playing guitar after that. And uh, yeah, the writing process for me, to be honest with you, I think a lot of people, if they listen to my songs, they'd be like, ooh, this dude's messed up. But sometimes it's just getting something dark out of my head mm. in, into a song like... I always say that to people, like, get that stuff out. Don't leave it in yeah. here. It's the same thing with tears. It's like tears aren't meant to be in your system. You got to let that stuff out once in a while. Let it flush wow. out, right? Yeah. So for me, I often it's a, it'll be a title of a song. Sometimes it's a chord progression. Sometimes it's a melody. But, you know, for me, the big thing is the lyrics. It's really hard for me to write a fluffy song now. Like, we have a lot <laughs> yeah, of fun in our shows. But, yeah. you know, the new the new album has 18 songs on it. And, wow, uh, that's an album. Yeah. Every guitar I have is in a different tuning just because I don't know how to read music. So, like, <laughs> you know, that's a seven string right there. But, you know, nice. that one I've got the B string tuned up to a C just to allow me to do things I can't do otherwise. Can you just grab them and so, see where it goes with the different yeah. tuning? Yeah, and, and for the songwriting, too, when I signed the record, it was, you know, I'd done a few albums in Winnipeg, some small studios, but... When I signed the deal, I flew out to Vancouver, and man, that was intimidating. All these who did you work with there? From, uh, Adam H, okay. Sean Hussein, Dane DeViller, Anthony Anderson, Steve Smith—all multi-platinum producers, right? Ooh, yeah. And it's intimidating. You're walking sure. down, you're seeing all these gold records. You're like, oh, yeah. And then they're like, "We're gonna sit with you, and to make sure you're writing hits." I'm like, "Okay, cool." They're like, "Beautiful." I never forget first day. Like, what do you want to write, write a song about? I was like, "Well, there's this." Homeless guy I met at a soup kitchen. I want to write a song about him. Yeah. Like, okay. So I wrote this song called Hello Goodbye. Mm. And that night, the, they're driving me to my hotel. They're like, hey, that's cool that you got that off your chest, a song about a homeless person. But nobody on the radio wants to hear about homeless people. I'm like, okay. But uh, we released our album, and, and that was the song that was chosen by radio. It went to number three in Canada wow, on the charts. Yeah, yeah. song about a homeless dude, you know, uh, his struggle and why he ended up on the road, you know. Yeah. 
So yeah, songwriting for me, it's usually a story right. before anything else. It's sometimes about my life, but often it's about people I've met. Yeah. Mm. How annoying is it to work with producers that try to change your mind on something that you have in your head? Yeah, well, there's always things you can learn from them. Like they, right. there's a reason they're successful. Yeah, they're there. <laughs> Good point. True, yeah, true, yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, it's tough to like we're a unique project. Like mm -hmm. you know, I was always trying to stand my ground. But I'll tell you this: mm. I ripped up my record deal and just left. And a few years later, I was I was at uh, a school in Vancouver. I was like, oh shit, this is right by the studio where I recorded that big album. Yeah. So I knocked on the door and I walked in and all the producers are sitting there like. Rob Nash, and they're all like not big fans of mine because they're all going to make a lot of money off me, right? Right, right, right? And I'm like, so I told them what I'm doing now, and they're like, why? I was like, well, why don't you come check it out? So they came down to the school and watched uh, me do an acoustic set for an hour. Yeah. And they were like, how can we help? So they've recorded my stuff free of charge for wow, years. They're that. produced. And Anthony Anderson, um, his unbelievable guitar player he, he does all the writing of the music with me and uh, a few years ago i'm like do you want to come on the road and be my guitarist he's like that would be a dream oh, and steve wow. smith who does all the mixing um of the album and stuff like that I'd be like do you want to mix live so he started working on that so Look like you're these producers when i had a record deal i wasn't allowed to, if i wanted to get a hold of them i had to talk to my manager who talked to theirs right, right. Message to them, right yeah these guys like they now work like for this project full time and they're just amazing but because they yeah. get everybody gets tired of doing the same pop music yeah. rock music that's just fluff because yep. we're all craving to do something that matters you know yeah, that's purpose. true for sure i mean you've mentioned that that's a like a full circle story of people um seeing the value in what you're doing years later and joining basically joining forces with you i'm wondering what can people like us or just everyone in general that's listening to this do to help or support the work that you're doing? Yeah, well, you know, the big thing right now for us is albums come out and people are, first three singles came out. Uh, Warner Music actually joined in and said, without any strings attached, like, we're going to help you get this music out there. It's huge, uh, beautiful. You know, for us, yeah. it's like, we want to get that curriculum into schools' hands because schools have just, this has been really difficult the last two years. So if you know yeah. a community, a uh, school, if you're, whether you know a principal, a teacher, whatever, if you go to robnash.ca, you can find out about the curriculum there and maybe you want to sponsor a school because it costs us a lot to get all the... Right. Rob with two Bs, robnash.ca, just so yeah. that people can if find you do, it. True. If, if you go robnash.ca, two Bring Bs or one, it works. Oh, okay. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, he was thinking ahead. Smart. Thinking yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. He just points out his head. That's amazing. <laughs> You know what? It's this metal skull of mine. <laughs> oh, man, he's like a superhero. It's crazy. Can you headbutt people really hard now? Wow, man. I don't Dude, know. hockey fights are fun. Oh, wow. You know? oh. Yeah, Plus, that... I lost a feeling in this hand, this finger oh. from the accident, nerve damage. So Yikes. You can, I remember one time I was having a good can... scrap, and I thought all the blood was from his face, but it was mostly wow. from my hand hitting his helmet. Damn. But I could wow. feel it, so that worked out. <laughs> you guys want to see what my skull looks like? Yes. I mean, like a picture? Sure. Yeah, do. do you yeah, get gross yeah, things easily? No. No, no, no. Well, Ricky shows me gross so things found, every day. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I found out when they got me to the hospital the first time, yeah. they didn't think I'd wake up, so they actually let students rebuild my skull. What? I found out they dropped part of it on the ground and it shattered some more. So oh, three and a half oh, years ago, I went to get it rebuilt because it was having some issues. 
That's the skin. That's they opened it up. All the metal the was loose. Where are we yeah, looking at? Top that, or side? Yeah, that's the top of my head. Oh, wow. there. So there, there was a hole right through the brain right there. They took this metal out, and uh, and they put that shell in. Wow. Oh, hold on a second. Are these images that you've? Uh, wow, my voice went so high. From this. <laughs> are these wow. images that you've shared uh, publicly, Rob? Um, not yeah. the blood ones, but yeah, I guess that's the X-rays and stuff like that. I show that yeah. in, in, when we do our shows and stuff. All right, cool. Yeah, well, that's well, wild. That is that is. How wild. do you play guitar without feeling in your right hand? Good question. I can so, feel these three fingers are dead, but I can oh. hold a pick. Oh. But I can't finger pick at all. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Crazy, yeah? yeah, yeah. You're just working with what you got. Everybody needs to work with what they have <laughs> and so not be sad about what they this. don't have. Yes. Dude, so I'll lessons. tell you this. Whoa. In our documentary in the curriculum, yep. there's this one kid I met. He um you know, he's on a reserve in northern Saskatchewan. I'm like, you got to keep going, man. Somebody needs your story. I'm like, do you like to dance or paint? Do you like music? He goes, I love music. I'm like, if you could play anything, what would you play? He goes, guitar. I was like, yeah. I'm like, play. And he shows me he was born. He's a below the elbow amputee. It's no right hand, right? Yeah. I was like, don't give me any bullshit excuses. I'm mm -hmm. like, play. Wow. And I showed him a video of a kid that plays drums with two elbows, right? Mm -hmm. So he sends me an email last summer. And he's like, hey, thanks for pushing me. And so here's a guy that was has one hand playing for two and a half years. Um, how many are just audio that are watch this, and how many actually see the video? All audio. It's all audio. audio. We'll post all some video audio. clips. So if you have well, something, uh, yeah. If you want. So you might be able to hear him, but this is him playing. He's got a callus on his elbow that he uses as a pick. Yeah. Wow. Wow. How long from you meeting him to him doing that? On stage. Is that interesting? Wow. That's that was. <laughs> nice. Wow. Two and a half years. That, I'll tell you what. He's in our documentary, that kid, and his name's Dylan. And, uh, and I'll tell you, when we go back on tour, that boy's going to be on stage with me. God, but that's not, amazing. But not, so he can be my guitarist the rest of his life. I think he's going to do bigger things than I've ever done. That that's dude amazing. is nothing but heart and talent. Wow. Reminds me of an ACDC band. Sorry, did I cut you off? That's okay. It just reminds me of an ACDC band that I was, uh, I mean, cover band. And I'm not, you know, ACDC, whatever, but I'm hearing Thunderstruck at Nathan Phillips Square. And I'm like, who is this? I look over and it's a woman without a hand. Just, I was like, okay, well, I can't play that well. So what does that mean for me with two hands? It means that there's a lot of hope. Yeah. I think that about Stevie Wonder. Just like, yeah, how do you play drums better than you? You can't see anything. You're not a drummer. Yeah. So that's the good thing about music. Like, you know, I always think about imagine growing up in your prime years of being a sprinter, it was also happened to be Usain Bolt prime time yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah man why was i born now right, Michael right. Phelps as a swimmer yeah, but yeah. the nice thing about music is yeah it can, it can be discouraging meeting somebody that can play with five fingers better than we can with 10 but yeah the nice thing about music is like there's different styles it's not whoever plays the fastest or the best mm, it's true like, you know who matters and like i always say to young bands like when they say hey do you have any advice you know i would always be like well find out why you're doing it you know why are you doing this? Is it, if it's be, to be famous, you don't sign autographs for a long time. You want to yeah. be rich, you do not make money for a long time. But right. if, mm. if you want to share something through your song, that gets you through the days when there's only four people in the audience and you're, there's no money in the bank, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's powerful. This has been eye-opening, I'm not going to lie. I, uh, 
I expected some inspiration, but you definitely blew my expectations. This was a very, very incredible conversation. Yeah. I want to thank you for taking the time to talk with us. And I hope when things open up and you get to come to Toronto that we can have another conversation in person. Yeah, come by to see your show live. Uh, yeah, too. definitely. Oh, a thousand percent. Sure, guys. You know, yeah. one of the reasons that we started this podcast, I mean, one of the main reasons was to talk to people um, who have a hand or, you know, some sort of... Um, business or dealings in any in different aspects of music but as we've gone on we've spoken with people like you who have just like taken us so far behind or beyond what we expected as far as like speaking with managers Mm -hmm. like hearing a story like yours even seeing the work you do versus hearing the story from your mouth is just like so mind open Yeah. yeah it's just like there's so much hope there's so much potential um just in overall in what in what you're doing but then it's inspiring people like us who are doing our part just to push even harder to you know join forces in whatever way we can whether it's along the same vein as you or you know our own avenues but i just want to say thank you for that it was a long ramble but that's just from the heart like it's it's yeah. huge it's no, huge it sounds, we're on the same team guys and mm-hmm. I, seeing stuff like this happen is so it's amazing because like you know there were some houses being built uh in the field behind me and Normally, it's just you hear ACDC cranked or whatever, you know? And people are just listening to podcasts. Like, people are actually craving conversation to hear people talking for more than four minutes on the news, you know? Right. Well, we actually compressed this podcast into a uh, (laughs) four-minute digestible (laughs) podcast. Absolutely not. (laughs) This is definitely another one of those uh, listening. I want to hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, yeah, thanks so much. This has been perfect. The documentary, where's that going to be available for people to check that out? Yeah. And then I guess the rest That's of your socials. That's what we're figuring out right now. Okay, cool. Exactly Keep us posted. Be. So, um, but yeah, if you go to robnash.ca, there will be updates on there and stuff. I just got to watch it last night. So Looking there's forward. a lot of things, but now it's like finding the platform, who it's going to go to. We just want as many people to see it as possible. Of course, yeah. But the new album, This Is War, it's out. The first three songs, This Is War. Background, which is a song about a girl with an eating disorder, and uh, Trouble mm. Child, which is a song we wrote with a bunch of kids from an alternative school where we brought them through the whole process of writing a song, doing the photo shoot, getting instruments, bringing them to the cool. studio. And so That's crazy. the new music's out. We're really pumped about that, and the videos are up as well. Awesome. Uh, awesome. Bless you, man. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been amazing. Thank really, you. Really, really. We're going to keep talking about this conversation uh, after we're yeah. done with it. It's a lot to unpack there. So thank you very much. And we hope to see you in Toronto and around the world. Uh, we hope that your whole body is covered in these signatures uh, very wow. soon. Wow. And then you have to hire another person uh, to take on the, the other signatures uh, because of all the lives you've been saving. So thank you yeah. very much for that. Yeah, man. I'm Keep six five, so I got a lot of yeah, yeah, You're yeah, going to yeah. have to start shrinking the, the, the signatures. size of the names. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks again, bro. man. I really, really yeah. appreciate right. that. Thanks a lot, guys. Cheers. Each episode of the DNA Airwaves is recorded, broadcast, produced, and all that good stuff right here at the MPL Toronto. The MPL is a collection of film and audio studios dedicated to making all things visual look amazing and all things audio sound brilliant. Check us out at the-mpl, that's maple without the vowels, dot com for more details. This podcast is also brought to you by The DNA Project, your live entertainment agency. Anything you need for your live event, they've got you covered. From weddings to large corporate galas, we can do it all or we can do just a little bit. 
wonderful people and a great company. Check them out before your live event at thednaproject.ca. As a podcaster, you know that great content is only half the battle. The other half is finding the right hosting platform to reach your audience. That's where Captivate comes in. With unlimited podcasts, advanced analytics, and personalized support, Captivate has everything you need to grow your audience and monetize your show. Join the thousands of successful podcasters just like us who trust Captivate for their hosting needs. Visit dnaairwaves.com slash Captivate today to start your free trial.